Hi there, you're listening to episode seven of the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. And today we're going to talk about how we can avoid wasting our isolation. If you're not listening to this right as it is released, I should explain that we are currently in the very deep midst of the corona virus and the pandemic that has swept the nation and all families across the country are pretty much for the most part in isolation. And I thought that today it was about time we totally spend a few minutes focusing on the good that can come out of this and how we can make sure that it's not wasted. Welcome to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Visser, and my premiere episode of this little podcast aired before we even knew the craziness that was coming with COVID-19, before families around the country were forced to live life very differently, pretty much forced to simplify things and take a break from the crazy, busy, loud clutter of life, which is exactly what the goal of this podcast has been from the start, to encourage you to do just that. Well, (laughs) without the stress of a worldwide pandemic, of course. But regardless of when you're listening to this, I am here to be your encouragement mentor, to remind you that simple living isn't synonymous with easy, but it is something you can enjoy the pursuit of. So let's do this together. So first of all, know that I am not coming at this episode from some beautiful fairy dust kind of place. Um... There are, there's horrible realities that are associated with COVID-19. And in fact, the numbers were astounding last week when they were released from some scientific assumptions. They came to the conclusion that there could be anywhere from 100,000 to, I believe it was like 230,000 deaths in the U.S. alone from this pandemic. But since then, just days later, more data has come out because folks are really doing a great job of isolating themselves and keeping this from spreading. The numbers have dropped significantly. I believe yesterday, one number I heard was they're estimating only 60,000 deaths. So obviously, where we are today, which is almost mid-April, we don't know of 2020. Um, <laughs> we don't know how this is going to end. And we don't know if it's going to reoccur come fall of 2020. There's, But you know what? There's total uncertainty in every area of our life, right? We don't know if we're going to burn the toast for breakfast, if the toaster is going to stop working. I mean, that's a small, stupid little thing. But everything we do is full of uncertainty. So in the midst of all the, the scary numbers and the horrible realities, it's time that I'm going to turn my focus to the joyful side. In a minute, I'm actually going to share with you a lot of stories of things that you guys have shared with me, just beautiful stories of joy in the midst of the stress. But first of all, I thought I'd point out just some rather obvious things. We've already had in the midst of this pandemic, we've seen the public and the private sectors working together in ways that it doesn't normally happen. We've seen state governments forcing homeschooling, which might actually lead to a lot of support for those families who choose 
when there isn't a pandemic, to homeschool. Those of you who know me or have followed me for a while, you know that I have homeschooled for two decades. I am on the last year of 20 years of homeschooling my four daughters. So I am one of those people who have chosen that route. And it it brings me joy to think about there might be more support for other families who have chosen that because of what's happening right now. We also see parents understanding the huge responsibility and the work ethic involved with teachers, right? And there might be a great new appreciation for teachers and the work that they put into what they do. That's a good thing. We see college students who are actually finishing maybe their year or maybe their entire college career online that have never done that before and have never realized, you know what, it's a reality. It can be done. You can learn pretty well online and it costs so much less. So this might revamp the insane, exorbitant prices in the higher education system. Wouldn't it be great if that's something that comes out of this? Oh, and the College Board canceling SATs? Hello, I have never been a fan of SATs as a homeschooler. I've never been a fan of testing and and the whole grade structure and how it works. And I could go on and on about that because that's not really the way a child learns to fill their brain with things you have to know, have them spew it out on a test and then move on. That's never the way we learned in our school homeschool. And it's not, at least for my daughters, would not have been a way for them to retain information and for them to love learning. I know that's the way I did it. I was very traditional in my entire education. And I did not reap benefits from that system. So I was never a fan of the SAT. Um, And to think that it was canceled makes me wonder, is this going to lead to an understanding of the fact that the SAT and the ACT aren't really these great indicators of academic success in the future of someone's life? I hope so. I hope that it leads to realization that people are well-rounded people and we need to look at all areas of their life. And really, if you want to know how educated and smart they are, you have to look at a lot more than a number on a piece of paper. Um, Oh, and people are spending time with their family. That alone, why didn't I start with that? That like, that's huge. That doesn't normally happen in our society. People are so busy. Life is so cluttered that a day starts and a day ends and a parent realizes, oh, I spoke four words to my child today. That's not happening now, right? Families are having quality family time. By the way, if you want some thoughts on that, there's a previous episode and um, I'll put links in the show notes to a whole lot of suggestions for quality family activities and books and games that we love as a family. If you're looking for any inspiration with that quality family time. And it's really neat that it's springtime. So people are able to get outside, even though we're isolating from others per se, (coughs) excuse me, we're able to get outside and do these spring projects. And I see families doing it together. I see kids who normally wouldn't be elbow to elbow with mom and dad doing these projects, doing it because it's a diversion. It's something interesting to do in their day. And it's pretty 
cool. Also, I see families cleaning out. They're doing spring cleaning. They're getting rid of things. And what, a, like I said, what a perfect season. If this was all going to have to come down for it to happen now. Um, also, spring is time for gardening. And I see people interested in planting food. They're interested in actually growing food. And they might have thought previously, I can't do that. I don't have a big enough yard. I don't have the abilities. I'm not interested in that. I wouldn't, I don't have a green thumb. I wouldn't be able to do it. All my plants would die. Whatever the excuse people have before, I see them now taking an interest and going, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm just, I'm really thankful that it happened at a time that it was exactly time to be planting seeds and to be starting gardens indoors and how cool that people have gotten on that bandwagon. Oh, but back to what I was saying about spring cleaning. I have had a few different people, like personal friends on Facebook, get on and and say, okay, I'm getting rid of this, this, and this. Anybody need it or want it? Like an open thrift store kind of thing. And I'll put it aside for you when I can see you next. And I'm wondering if a joy that comes out of all the stress we're in right now is we start to realize we don't need so much stuff. We realize it all just is stuff anyway. What a great result. Yeah. Okay. Aside from that, all those things I've thought of that are definite joys in the midst of this, um, I have some stories to share with you. First of all, let me tell you about Brian and Jill. They have been working on adopting two sweet sisters for, I don't even know how long, actually. They didn't share the timeline with me, but they had said it had been a long time. And finally, I guess the paperwork and everything was coming through and it was slotted for May that they would be adopting their two daughters. But as soon as everyone realized that things were very quickly going to go into kind of a lockdown mode and everybody would start isolating because of the virus, the adoption agency pushed things along like really quickly. And suddenly here it was end of March and they the, the girls were welcomed into their home. They were officially adopted. And how cool to hear um, Brian share with me the details of the bonding time, this great experience that the four of them are now an instant family and they have time, just the four of them with no diversions to really get to know each other and to bond. And I have a feeling that family is going to be bonded in a way they never could have in any other way. How cool is that? Um, babies being born. So many stories you all shared with me of babies being born, but through all of it, I hear the same theme that this is time that the older siblings and the baby are connecting that they never could have before. Or one of you, it's your first child, but you were just saying how this is such a sweet thing that suddenly the three of us are a family and we can just focus on each other for a while. Um, oh, and then I don't know why I didn't start with this one. I have a, my personal story to share with you. My daughter, Jordan, who is my second oldest, is officially engaged. Yay! I now have two daughters that have chosen their soulmates. And how fun it is to think about that and start planning things for Jordan and Aiden. But, um, they did not have an engagement like they had hoped. Aiden had planned on, he had everything all planned out. And 
I'll spare you the long story. I think I'll just give you the short story. They wound up having to do things entirely different. Of course, she didn't know it was coming, but he totally changed his plans, spare of the moment, and the engagement was not at all fancy or what he had planned. And they came home just laughing hysterically about the whole thing. And it was very memorable. And they will not forget <laughs> for sure their engagement and the fact that it was during the midst of a pandemic. But the joy that walked into our home when they walked in telling us they were engaged. I mean, what a great time to be able to focus on that happiness. Okay, now I think I'm just going to pull up here on my computer some very specific notes that you guys have shared with me, and I'll just read through them. Um, Let's see, let me start with um, Margaret Cook told me, (laughs) she made me smile. We're just old country folk stuck here in the city. So our habit is to be prepared with a full stocked pantry. So we're good there. But she shared with me that her husband is actually was home on hospice before COVID-19 hit. So their life hasn't really been different per se. And Marjorie made me start thinking, um, you know, we all probably know someone in our life that is very seriously in complete isolation. And since we're facing this ourselves and we're understanding more than we ever could have in any other way, the the sadness, the loneliness, the the loss that someone feels when they're isolated, really take a minute today to think about who you know in your life who is forced in isolation in in ways beyond COVID-19. And think about how you can reach out to them today and just let them know that you are thinking about them. Another one of you, Elizabeth Scott, reached out to me and explained that her husband had this idea right in the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak that he wanted their entire family to pray together at a very specific time every day. They have five grown children that are all married and her husband reached out to all of them And he asked them to pray a particular Bible verse at noontime every day. So every day since this COVID-19 outbreak, the Scott family has been praying a very specific same prayer at the same time every day. And even though they're all separate, it has made them feel close and it has given them a common purpose. In case you're wondering, I'm sure some of you will be that she did share with me the verse that they are praying. Um, Second Chronicles, I think it's 714. Yeah that the one that says, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I'll hear them, uh, I'll forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. What a great verse for the Scott family to be praying together. And I just thought that was neat that they're doing at the same time every day. Um, Who else did I want to share with you? Let me see. Uh, Laura Dempsey shares that we are pet sitting with our two grand cats and a grand dog. (laughs) In April, our daughter and her three youngest boys will move in with us. So this she shared with me last month, and I guess their family is all now together. And I think that's happening a lot. A lot of families that are extended families not living together normally are coming together. Um, We have a dear friend in our life who had a baby right before COVID-19, and her father is in isolation for health reasons, and they chose to move in with her parents 
so they could be there to be helpful. And they put themselves in quarantine situation where they normally wouldn't have had to have been because they wanted to be available and to be helping their older parents. So I, you know, I've heard many stories like that. And I just, I think it's so wonderful to see people just being selfless in a time of stress in a time that we're, we tend to want to focus on ourselves and our own worries, but people are doing the opposite. And I think that's beautiful. Oh, I want to read to you. I think I'm just going to read it. I'm going to pull it open here on my phone. Um, a reader named Kate reached out to me with this really heart wrenching, sweet story that actually made tears well up in my eyes. Kate writes this. Last Friday was a particularly hard day. A dear friend had to bury her 14-year-old son. My son is only six weeks younger than hers. They were babies and toddlers growing up together. I wanted so badly to be at her side on this most awful of days, but I couldn't risk flying all the way across the country right now. And then last Friday, a separate friend welcomed a new son into her arms. I was struck by how terrible and beautiful it all was. And I, I got, it, 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 it took me back in my mind to a very distinct day of my life where I realized that very truth that Kate was sharing, that that's how life is. We have these juxtaposed emotions and situations happening simultaneously intertwined and well for me when I realized it was the first time that a good friend of mine lost a parent I was just out of college um, and it was all sudden none of us were expecting it and it happened in the fall And I still remember walking down the street. I was actually working in the city at the time. So it was very unusual that as I was walking to my bus to look down and see a beautiful autumn colored leaf on the sidewalk. And I picked it up and I pressed it between pages of one of the books in my bag. And I still have that leaf to this day. I pressed it and I put contact paper on it and I kept it as kind of a bookmark, but it really struck me that here I was facing the reality of going to my friend's funeral for his mom. And it was gorgeous time of year with the beautiful changing leaves. And I thought right in the midst of death in the fall, when all the trees are dying, they display such beauty for us. And how even as we face death, there is beauty side by side, kind of holding hands. And it's a reality, no matter how much we choose to ignore it, it's a reality that that's the way God works. That's the way he created things to work. And I often think ever since that day, that it's a grace from God that that's the way life is. Because as humans, how could we handle the horrible sorrow and burdens of this life if they weren't presented to us simultaneously with joys? Now, the problem is 
those joys aren't always obvious. I mean, if I hadn't happened to notice that leaf as I was walking along and stepped on it and kept walking, I would have totally missed that moment. I would have missed that realization that has sunk in and sat with me forever. And I would have just been focused on the funeral the next day. And how was I going to talk to my friend? And how do you, how do you work through that losing your mom, you know, at a young age? Um, But I would have missed that. And I think that is a problem often for all of us that we focus so much on the burden and the sad, overwhelming emotions that we miss the simple little joys that are scattered in every single day that are undeniable, but we don't pay attention to them because we're focused on the sorrow. So that actually was my my whole goal when I thought about putting this podcast episode together was really just to pull out these stories you all have shared with me and focus on, look, right now in the midst of everything, look what's happening. Here's another example. And this one is much more more lighthearted than Kate's was. Um, let me pull this one up one second. I got to scroll through my phone. As I'm finding it, let me tell you about the... Um, author of this cute little story. Her name's Samantha, and she is an online friend. She actually is the author and owner of Tuckamore Homestead. Um, I believe that's the name of her site, tuckamorehomestead.com. I know that's her Instagram handle, but Samantha, and by the way, you, you should check her out if you're interested. She is a Canadian beekeeper. She and her hubby have this adorable little girl, so sweet. And she just shares about her life in a classic home that's all about slow living. So you know I love that. Okay, here we go. Here's Samantha's story. My online friend has been reading more since she's indoors now. So she shared a photo of her copy of her book that she's currently reading. She's reading To Kill a Mockingbird. As soon as I saw that photo, it reminded me of when my hubby and I were first dating way back in junior high school. He lent a copy of To Kill a Mockingbird before he lent it to me before we were officially an item. Once I had finished it, I offered it back, but he always would say, yeah, he'll get it again. Later, he told me he wouldn't take it back as he always wanted a chance to see me again in his back pocket. So I still have this book 20 years later. We're now married. We carry the titles Mama and Papa, and we have a toddler and the edition that my friend shared is the exact one my hubby lent to me. So I'm so glad she shared that picture because it evoked the warmest memories on a difficult day that I hadn't thought about in a long time. So something so simple as just a picture that a friend shared on social media of a book she was reading brought back all these warm emotions on a difficult day. I just thought that was a sweet story. And Samantha is a very sweet lady. So Okay, I've shared these great stories. I also want to make sure that I mention there's a lot of great things going on that companies are doing, sweet things they're offering. And I just wanted to share a few of them. There are so many. I'm sure you've heard of many on your own. I thought it was neat that Andrew Lloyd Webber is streaming a different musical online every week for free. How fun is that? I'll share a link to that in the show notes. Um, Oh, there's this fun thing that different... Nursing homes and assisted living places are doing with adopt a grandparent who's in lockdown and kids can send videos or maybe they even are live streaming. I'm not sure exactly how they're doing it, but what a fun idea because it's so sad for the elderly that normally have weekly or daily visits from family or friends and 
they're in total isolation. So what a neat thing. Oh, and I'm, you probably you've all seen this because that's been all over social media. But how fun that the Getty Museum in LA challenged art fans to post photos of themselves recreating some of their favorite works of art and some really fun pictures have come about as a result of that. That was cute when I look through those. And it's totally something I, I and my daughters would have done back when they were little. So fun. Um, oh, there's a podcast. I forget the name of it. I'll leave that in the show notes. That's giving a quarter to Meals on Wheels every time somebody leaves a review of a podcast. So hey, if you want to do that and leave a review of Simple Doesn't Mean Easy, a quarter will go to Meals on Wheels. And then if I see the review and I comment, another quarter goes. So that's super fun. Um you know what? I think I will put the links to everything I've mentioned on another landing page that I want to tell you about. I mentioned in my last episode, I like to relieve stress by going to a thrift store on a really difficult week. If I can find time to go walk through a thrift store for an hour, it like makes me so happy. And then if I come home with a great deal, I'm even super happy. And of course, that's not possible for me right now. So it dawned on me, there's probably a lot of other people that like relieving stress by shopping. So I pulled together a list of coupons from some of my absolute favorite companies that I love working with. And I'm putting them out for everybody just to have a chance to do some online shopping to relieve a little stress maybe and enjoy these discounts from these awesome companies. So if you go to solelyrested.com slash coupons, And I'm also thinking right now, as I'm saying this, which I didn't even think about when I told you about this in my last episode, you know what? Podcasts are ongoing and somebody could be listening to this in 2022. And you know what? I'm going to do my best to keep this coupon page updated. So no matter when it is that you're listening to this, go check out solelyrested.com slash coupons and you never know what awesome special might be there. These are limited time, but I will keep them updated as best I can. So there's some fun things there. And um, hopefully that will encourage you a little bit. Also, in a previous episode, I had talked about the fun family activities when you're in isolation. And you can find all that information at solelyrested.com slash at home. So between those two landing pages, hopefully there's something to inspire and encourage you in the midst of whatever is going on in your day. And I really hope that I've encouraged you in this episode to not waste this time of isolation. See the joy in it and realize the good things that are coming out of it for others and for your family personally. And do your best to use the time the best that you can. And if you enjoyed this episode, if there's anything encouraging or inspiring, please go ahead and follow it on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes. And if you feel like giving it a review, that would make me super happy because it will help get the word out and a few other people might discover this little podcast. So thanks for listening, guys. It means a ton to me that you chose to spend this time with me today, and I will catch you next time.